All right, welcome everybody to episode 166 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at holla, holla. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and you can find me shooting even par from the forward tees at CD Villasenor on Twitter. And with me today is a special guest. He's a senior editor at Golf Digest, a Chili's enthusiast, golf Twitter royalty, and a friend of the show, Mr. Alex Myers. Hello, Alex. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. That was, that's quite an intro. Very flattering. Thank you. <laughs> you are our most famous guest, so we have, wow. to, treat, <laughs> we have to treat you with a great deal of respect. <laughs> Uh, where can where can we yeah where can we find you on twitter uh alex myers three alex myers there's three yeah the three is for my uh my all-time favorite athlete john starks yes we (laughs) we went over this the last time we did okay okay People yeah. are always asking about the three yeah so you you were you knew it yeah we're 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 in the yeah, a lot of people don't even know who John Starks is anymore. Oh, my Dad, God. But, uh, well, he was a legend. That's a crime. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's Myers, M-Y-E-R-S. Now, we also, we also have friends of the show that are Myers, but they're M-A-I-E-R. And it's, oh, sort, of, yeah, it's sort of like the, it's like the surname equivalent of Alyssa these days. Like, wait, can, yeah. we get some, can we get some standardization in the Myers... Hey, believe me, I wish you, you don't know how many things I've had spelled wrong in my life. Like, you know, certificates that I've gotten or things that I've won or stuff. I mean, that we're, even, even editors in our own magazine spell my last name wrong still. It's crazy. I've best friends who I'll get a Christmas card and my, my name will be spelled wrong. It's not, they don't go M A I E. They go, they just add the E, the M E Y E R S, which to me is crazy. I think if there should be standard, it's, it's mine. I mean, my earth. That's the simplest way to say it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll have to cover that at some later at some later time. <laughs> I have caught you in the car, and I know. Thank yeah. you for joining me today. I really Got appreciate it. it. I know you're on your way to getting uh, your COVID vaccine today. Yeah, it's a very exciting day. I was hoping to get it before I went to Augusta, but I finally the, the day that New York allowed it. Um, over uh, under 40, I guess it was. The, the slots were going so quick. Like there were five slots for the day before the, uh, I left for the Masters. And I punched, I said, boom, boom, boom. And then it goes, they're all gone. And then the next one was this time, eight days later. Um, and then I tried a little later in the day. And I'm driving about 40 minutes away to get this. I tried later in the day. The closest place was... 200 miles away in upstate <laughs> New York. So I was just, all right, I guess I'm glad I got something. So, yeah, I'm on the way. It's very exciting. First of uh, two shots. I think it's the Pfizer one. I'm glad it's not the Johnson & Johnson one. I have the news today. Yeah, but gonna... uh, we'll see. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Well, 40 minutes doesn't seem too bad. Not too bad. No, it's not too bad. And how are and, and how are you holding up during the pandemic? These How, how are oh, things been going? Yeah. You know, things are good. I, I've just gotten used to everything. Um, it's kind of crazy to have not gone into an office for more than a year. And actually being at the Masters and being in the press room was really like the first time I felt like I'd gone into work in more than a year. So, uh, you know, I'm lucky I'm, I'm able to do 
pretty much everything from home. I'd always kind of said that and been like, why do I have to come in? And uh, now I actually feel like I want to come in more <laughs> after being <laughs> stuck at home. So, but, you know, just to bring it up a little every once in a while, and, and obviously it can be chaos with, with two young kids. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I really can't, don't have any complaints. Uh, we're, we're very lucky, man. How about yourself? You're doing okay? Same deal, same deal. <laughs> we're, uh, we're starting to so – my kids are going to start going back to school part-time here in the next week or so. so oh, great, that, great. Yeah, that's not a bad deal. But, yeah, since you've uh, since you rocked appeared on the show, you've had another kid. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, things are crazy, things are man. things are probably hopping over there at the Myers house. And very very hopping, um, and you know, leaving to go cover the Masters was tough on my wife. I mean, it was the first time with her dealing with both of them for more than like a couple hours. I mean, it's so weird, right? Because because of the pandemic, you know, we're around our kids so much more, which is great. But I think they also just get used to it, right? And then it's really really difficult. Uh, for them to adjust. So, you know, it was tough for her. Obviously, a seven-month-old doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> she's, actually, she's actually pretty good. She's, she's really good to deal with. But, uh, yeah, the three-year-old was, uh, it was tough on her. And, um, yeah, it's just weird. I mean, so, again, we're, we're lucky we get to spend so much time around the kids in general. But, uh, yeah, it does set them up to have tough time when, when you do go away. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, especially you know, right now you're playing the man-to-man defense. And then when you left, like your wife had to play the zone defense. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's that's a completely different game, like entirely. Exactly. exactly. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, you know, let's let's just jump into the show then. Um, let's sure. go to segment one. Right. Now, you said you were at the Masters, which is which is a, a terrific thing. I mean, we're all, you know, it's, a, it's every golfer's dream to be able to to go there and you know, see the grounds and walk the grounds. But uh, from, yeah. a, from an insider's perspective, what, what don't we know about it? Well, I mean, I guess, I, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, there's so much written about it that I feel like people do know it a lot. I mean, you hear about kind of the, the way it's, uh, the atmosphere is different there. Um, the, the, the patrons, you know, I, I look at me, I'm even saying patrons are, are more... <laughs> Are, are better behaved and everything else. And they kind of are because, you know, everybody's, everybody loves being there, but everybody also kind of tiptoes around, like afraid of making a mistake. And I even saw this time for the first time, um, a security guard went up to a guy, a young guy, um, not a kid, like, you know, in his twenties, he had his hat backwards and Uh-oh. the security guard whispered, whispered in his ear, wear your hat the right way or we'll kick you out of Augusta National. And he said it just like that. And I, I was like, holy, I mean, this is crazy. Like, that's how, that's how tight they are there. And, but, you know, so in one way, it's, it's I don't know, they go a little over the top maybe. And, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not, I want to be invited back. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But um, on the other hand, it is kind of cool because of the no cell phones and everything else. Um, you, you, you know, you can't, you really have to pay attention to what's going on and, um, it, it's nice. And, and, you know, it was great weather. So you're kind of just walking around, really enjoying, um, the scenery and everything else. Uh, I mean, I guess I would tell you that it's not just the course that is so perfectly manicured. I mean, it is the moment you walk in through any of the gates and you, you know, the fans have to walk a good amount then to get to, uh, that first hole. 
all along there, it is just lined with beautiful azaleas. And the, and the trees are perfectly, and everything. And then you get to the range, and it looks, the grass looks fake. I mean, it is so <laughs> perfect. And you walk on it, and it's like a carpet. And um, it, it just really is crazy. I mean, you see it on TV, but it really is different in person. And, um, and, and the one last thing I'll say is everybody talks about how hilly it is. It is a heck of a walk. I mean, you get, you get tired just walking around there. And the one thing I'll, I'll point out was Hideki Matsuyama's uh, par save on 18 on Saturday. I'm sure it looked tricky on TV. There's no way TV did it justice. He was <laughs> 10, 10 feet above the green, probably, in a walkway on an upslope behind the green where everybody exits. I just thought he had no, no shot. And um, he bumped it short of the green, and it trickled on. And you're like, all right, that's a pretty good shot. It's going to be 15 feet short. And then it ran out to two feet, and he <laughs> made the par. And honestly, I mean, that, that shot won him the Masters right there. That gave him the four-shot cushion. And so just saying, like, being there in person, you do see some things that, that just TV can't even do it justice. So it's just an amazing place. Yeah, well, Hideki's scrambling numbers for the week are just disgusting. First of all, yeah, like yeah. especially, especially, and then especially talking about a chip like that, right? From impossible yeah. place, from impossible place. The uh, I think that you know, I think I think traditionally the person who can do a few of those wins the Masters, right? Yeah, no, you're right because we always talk about you know it's got to be a great ball striker, and certainly Hideki is that, and usually it is someone who hits a ton of greens that week, but inevitably you're going to miss a few. And, um, you know, obviously Patrick Reed, you know, some of these other guys have great short games, but you don't even need a great short game. You just have to have a great short game. And you're right. I mean, Hideki has never been known as having a great short game or being a great putter. But, yeah, a shot like that, um, you know, the up and down on two on Sunday after his lead was quickly cut to one shot. Mm -hmm. He gets up and down for birdie. You know, it wasn't the toughest up and down, but he needed to do it at that moment. And um, he got it done. And then in the meantime, yeah, he's hitting most of the greens and making a few birdie putts here or there. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's the difference between the guy who wins and, and uh, second or third. And in this case, really, him winning over Xander and Jordan Spieth, the difference was they both had two or three blow-up holes. Mm-hmm. And usually you, can't, usually you can't win a major if you even have one hole like that. They both had multiple blow-up holes. Um, you know, two, they both had triple bogeys, and yet they still were in the tournament. I mean, that's just unheard of. So, you know, Hideki definitely played the best, but uh, he also dodged dodged a few bullets, no doubt about it. Yeah, the um, and and kudos to him, but he had to drag his carcass across the line. I mean, talk about leaking yeah. oil like down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, it was you know it's. It was it was Xander Shoffley on sixteen who dumps that in the water where you're just like going what is what what is that like, that was it's, it's that just, was shocking it's just mind bending it really is and that's that's why we all love Augusta though and it's so great because Xander you know we we've seen through the years these incredible back nine charges on Sunday and we've also seen these back nine collapses. And Xander did both in the same round. I mean, <laughs> he, you know, he gets off to a tough start, and then he just goes crazy. Um, he's birdieing every hole. 
he almost chipped in a couple times. I mean, 15, you know, he makes the tap in birdie. He was so close to making a, a, an eagle out of the bunker there. And he's got, he's got all the momentum. Um, and Decky made that just, I still can't believe he went in the water on 15. I can't believe he didn't just lay up. Right. Uh, and, and so he kind of makes it a tournament, and we're all getting excited, like, wow, we might actually have a tournament. Because let's be honest, Sunday was, it was a bummer for compared to most Master Sundays. For a while it was, and, and then uh, it got, and then it got, and then it got exciting. It got exciting, but again, it got exciting for about five minutes because then Xander jumps in the water, and you're like, "How is that possible?" I mean, I, I couldn't remember another uh, guy in contention dumping it in the water on 16, except for Greg Norman in '96. And talk about leaking oil; he was basically all out of oil yeah. by that point. Yeah. So it wasn't. Even, this was this was a, a much tenser situation. And what was surprising to me, and I don't know if it's just Xander. I mean, I believe him. I, I really, really do like Xander, and I really appreciate him, you know, doing the Valionis interview and then talking to the media after this. Um, he says he flushed it. He says he had a perfect shot. He was trying to make a hole-in-one. went right at the flag. You mm-hmm. could say, well, why don't you just play it off that bank there? But, you know, there weren't as many guys getting it as close in recent years. And he went right at it. He knew he was chasing. And he mm-hmm. thought he had a perfect shot. And yeah. the wind uh, misjudged the wind or whatever. So, you know, I, part of me thinks, oh, maybe he's just saying that because he's embarrassed he chunked it. But, no, I, I kind of believe him. I think he did hit a perfect shot. And it was just one of those things. Um, it's unfortunate. And sometimes those breaks go your way and you win the tournament. Sometimes they go against you and you lose it. So I think he's got a, I think he's got a great perspective on things. And um, I, I love the guy, and, and I hope we see him – Again in the well, I know we will see him in the hunt again. He's always in the hunt. Sure, I just hope he gets gets it done one of these days soon. Yeah, you know it's funny how we forget about the water over the back of fifteen until someone yes. <laughs> cranks one in there. Like yes. no, no one thinks about it at all, and then and nope. then he cranks that ball into the water of fifteen. And you go, oh god, there's water back. I forgot there was like a pond back it, there. Exactly, and that's that's again why it's so genius because if there wasn't that water back there, then everyone would just fly it over the green. And because because it is a difficult third shot, well, depending on the pin, um, we, you know, the famous tiger off the pin and into the water. Mm-hmm. But it is a pretty difficult um, third shot if you lay up. So uh, guys could just blow it over that green and try to get up and down or at least make their par. But they can't do that because of that water there. So it gives you just one other thing to think about. And that was another one, Hideki afterwards. He said he hit it perfect. I mean, to yeah. me, it looked like he brought it a little thin, but uh, I guess he was so amped up that he just smoked it. Right. And um, yeah, that that gave you know not that I mean I certainly wasn't not that people were rooting against him, but I think we wanted to just see some excitement. And uh, he did give it to us for a second, but uh, then he was able to hold on and, and get it done. Yeah, and that's and <laughs> again, I think anyone who's played golf has hit a perfect shot that ended up in a terrible place. I mean, exactly. we've all, we've all done it. The um the yeah. other thing about the other the other the last sort of footnote on um Xander for me was he did the exact same thing in Phoenix right he's chasing Kepka yeah Kepka makes that impossible chip right and then yeah, Xander, right. and then Xander stands up on the seventeenth hole there yeah. and just blows a three wood completely into the middle of the lake like it wasn't even so- like, it wasn't even yeah. close right yeah that's I, very I, true. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. I'd, I hate mean, to think that's, yeah. I'd, hate, I'd hate to think that's a trend for him, but I mean, it just, no, it just I, 
It was the first thing that I popped agree. into my brain. It was the first thing that popped in my brain when he hit that ball in the water on 16 at the match. I'm just like, well, that was yeah, that's smart. I didn't even think of that. And um, you're right. I mean, right. On one hand, it's like, well, I love that he's aggressive. But yeah, on the other hand, he even talked about after. He's like, I'm building up a lot of scar tissue. Although he doesn't think of it as that. He thinks of it as, you know, getting good experience. But he obviously knows now that, you know, whether it's in the waste management or at these majors, he's had so many close calls. Um, and now he hasn't won any tournament in over two years, which is kind of crazy because he won he won four tournaments really quickly. And we all were kind of like, wow, this guy gets it done when he's under pressure. So mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing that, you know, the sample sizes are still so small that, you know, you can go a few years without winning. Look at Jordan Speed, But sure. then you can go a few years where you get those breaks down the stretch. Um, I remember the, the Open Championship at Carnoustie when Xander was in the mix, the one where, where Tiger was in the mix too until Francesco Molinari pulled away. Um, he played great, and he made a double or triple early in the final round, and it, you know, it was one of those bad breaks. He had no stance in a pop bunker. Um, and he had to just try to hack it out sideways and, and he couldn't even, even like get the ball out. And that's one of those situations where, you know, sure. He could have hit a, he had a bad shot. He found the bunker, but did he have to be penalized where he didn't have a shot? I mean, other guys could have gotten in there, had a shot, get up and down and that propels them to the win. So again, it's just, you only have so many chances. And, and if one little thing goes against you, sometimes that's, that's the difference, unfortunately, but I, I really like him. You know, it's funny. I hope I didn't ruin his career, though, because on Saturday morning in our work slack, I kind of declared him my new favorite guy. <laughs> and, uh, and, no, I, oh, so, oh, sorry, you're hearing this uh, directions here. I don't want to get lost. That's uh, fine. That's a, big, that's a big deal because the last time I officially declared a favorite guy was 2008. And I remember this because I worked with someone, and Tiger was going to be on the shelf for the rest of the year after winning at U.S. Open. And I love Bill Haas because I went to college with Bill Haas. Okay. But so Tiger and Bill Haas were really like the only golfers I rooted for. And someone was like, dude, Haas is whatever. Tiger's out. you got to pick a new golfer. So I thought about it for a couple of days, and I picked Anthony Kim, and I picked Andres Romero, and I declared them my two favorite golfers. And within two years, they were both like off the tour. So Xander, <laughs> I, I, I hope Xander has better luck now that I've declared it, made it my first new favorite player in about 13 years. Well, if, if Xander's listening to the two on three podcast this week, you know, you're in big trouble. <laughs> you're in huge, you're in huge, you got a huge problem coming your way. Well, the, um, that, um, you know, and again, it's like, you know, even though like somebody like DJ has a lot of ups and downs, DJ finds a way to win every year. Right. That's, that's his thing. Right. He's won every year right. for the last, you know, since he's been on tour, he's won at least once. I mean, he finds a way to win at least once a year. And that it's a, it's right. a important distinction. He All does. Right. It, it really is. It's, you're right. I mean, there's certain guys who, who win and certain guys don't. Again, I, I think Xander, the book's too, you know, it's too early to declare him either or, and he's won enough. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he gets back on the winning track too because you don't want to get on one of those streaks where, you know, we all thought Ricky Fowler would have won a major by now and, sure. and look what's happened. Yeah, so, because he plays the hardest irons in the world to hit. I got a chance to try to hit those irons. The other, they're impossible. Oh, yeah. I don't even. You might as well try to play with a bullseye putter. You might as well try to hit like <laughs> like, like bulls. It's like bullseye made a set of irons. That's tough. 
Oh my yeah. god, they're impossible. There's just, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm not that great a golfer anyway, but it's just, it's they're stupid. All right, let's go on to segment two. Okay. All right, so here we are. So a lot of people sort of missed out on either winning or missed the cut. And, and um, so let's talk about the guys who made the cut, but that we had high hopes for somebody like Colin Morikawa, still too new for yeah. him. You figure it's still, it's still, he needs, he needs a couple of, he needs a couple of years to get around that course and figure it out. I, I do. I mean, it, it's really just more the putting for him um, is going to hold him back in general. And um, you know, but again, yeah, certainly the more you put there, the more you'll get used to it. I, I think he had an okay week. I mean, I saw him miss a, a bunch of makeable putts. The guy who I thought who made the cut, who had the most disappointing weekend, was well, other than Bryson. I, again, Bryson's sure. a guy I just don't. I, I'm not. I'm keeping this in the memory bank. I, I'm not. Not that I did this year. I'm not picking him to win at the at the Masters next year. I mean, he looks so uncomfortable there. Even when he hits a great drive, he doesn't capitalize. He can't putt the greens yet. He doesn't have his green reading books to rely on. He right. loves having all that stuff. It really makes a difference, I think, for him. But the other guy was Justin Thomas because Justin Thomas actually was in the mix. And I think everyone kind of saw, wow, we're going to get a JT Spieth final pairing on Sunday. This is going to be insane. And then I went out with the, my colleague Dan Rappaport. We were walking some holes in that, that drizzle on Saturday. And all of a sudden we saw JT come down 15 and he was kind of trudging. And we're like, huh. And we look over and it has him at even par. And we're like, no, that has to be a mistake. That's what Dan said. I go, dude, they don't make mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) They don't. And sure enough, we get back later and we see about that triple on 13. Um, Again, the brilliance of Augusta National, the the holes you make birdie on, you can also make the big numbers. And then a bogey on 14. and, And that was it. And just like that, he shot himself out of the tournament where, Hideki, right at that very moment, won the tournament. So he was the guy of all the guys who missed the cut that I was I was most disappointed because the the, the way the leaderboard shook out um, and the way the scoring shook out um, and the way the course was playing, it was definitely a great opportunity for him to win um, the Masters. Not that he won't have other ones in the future, but he had a good chance and he, he kind of let it get away. Yeah, you think the weight of the, the expectations – hurts him more you think that he feels that same i feel like jordan spieth is in that same boat like he gets into contention and then the weight of the expectations just comes crushing down onto him yeah i think so but i think you know those guys have all also won enough big events that they're able to you know navigate it more than a guy who hasn't hasn't been in that situation um no i mean for sure i mean jordan that you know winning the valero texas open he even admitted it was a monumental, that was his word, win for him. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, Valero open, who cares? It was a terrible leaderboard, whatever. But he needed to win. He needed to get the job done. He'd, he'd blown so many um, Saturday, Sunday opportunities. And JT, it's weird because he started his career kind of converting these 54-hole leads like Tiger almost. But he struggled to close recently, too. So, it, it may be creeping into his mind as well, although, again, he, I mean, he did win the players already this year. So sure. I'm not too worried about him. <laughs> not yet. And there's plenty left, uh, plenty of golf left to play. Now, um, right. I think I, I have the feeling that Kepka made a mistake by coming back early from this, this, this knee deal. What do you, what's your, what's your yeah. take on it? 
Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he said it, he couldn't do any more damage. That's what the doctor said and all that. But they said that to Kevin I, Durant, too, by the way. <laughs> Remember? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. And I, yeah, no, I, I think you could definitely second guess him. I second guessed him last year because, you know, he kind of tried to play through everything uh, after the procedure he went under the fall before. And he clearly wasn't himself last year at all. Now this year he already won a tournament, so he kind of looked pretty good, but I, I think if he could go back to the fall of, what would that be? 2019, he would have maybe considered taking longer time off then. Um, and then by now, hopefully he'd be past all these problems, but um, you know, we'll see. he didn't sound very optimistic that he would play before the, before the uh, PGA championship. And, uh, I didn't pick him coming into this event. I don't know how you could pick him going into that event based on the little he's played. So yeah, unfortunately he's kind of burning through some of his prime years right now. Yeah. How about DJ? What what do you make of DJ's um, Thursday, Friday? Uh, DJ, I'm not worried about. I mean, he, he said after Thursday, he's maybe not quite as sharp as what he was in November, but again, how many people have been that sharp before? I mean, he, he was on top of the world. So, I think he's fine. Um, if anything, you talked about the weight of the pressure, him winning a second major. I mean, you can't underestimate how big that was. And in particular, the masters, I mean, the masters almost counts as two majors. Let's right. be honest. <laughs> so that, that was just monstrous for him going forward because, you know, if he had ended his career with one major, of course it's better than none, but sure. it would have been very disappointing. And now he's in that two and he's still got plenty of time to add to that. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about him at yeah. all. Now he's in that Zach Johnson territory. Two majors, man. You're in, if you're in Zach Johnson's level, that's, that's legit. No doubt. That's right. That's, that's <laughs> hall of fame. That's hall of fame town. We know this. Right. 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 Okay. So, Okay, this this one this one weighs heavy on my heart. Rory McIlroy. I mean, that guy's completely yeah. out to sea right now. I just it, it hurts me. It is tough. It's tough to see, and you know, he kind of said he's starting the beginning of a, a journey now with his new um, full time coach, Pete Cowan, and uh, he he did. He looked lost this week. He's had a tough you know stretch, but this this was about the worst. But you know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know why he needed to do anything too drastic, but uh, certainly it seems like he is. Uh, it might take him a little while to get going again, but uh, he's another guy. I'm not, I'm not too worried about him figuring it out at, at some point. Right. Right. The, um, and you know, again, I, he's again, one of my faves. So the, uh, so it's, it, it feels like, it feels like it, it's always kind of goofy. We used to say this stuff about tiger. It's like, why are you changing your swing? Like I, I just right. won four major. I just won six majors. I'm going to change my swing. Like, I, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it, but again, I'm not a professional golfer, so I'll just no, be patient, I, but it's, it just, it's yeah. mind boggling to, to be a guy who's like, okay, I drive the ball three thirty five. Is this not enough? Is do we need, that, to, does it need to go farther? Was, yeah. I think that was the most surprising aspect that he admitted to getting sucked into the Bryson stuff because he's arguably the best driver ever i mean and and yet he's trying to tweak stuff that's just silly i mean that's the one part of his game that i wouldn't have even thought about touching so yeah he's got to maybe readjust off of those adjustments that he made and then he's got to get used to whatever else he's working on so it's kind of crazy he's you know 
become a little bit of a project all of a sudden, but um, there's just so much talent there. You got to think right. he'll figure it out. But, but again, I mean, yeah, we're coming up on seven years without him winning a major and nobody would have thought that. So certainly uh, golf's a crazy sport. All right. Well, I, I, am I, lost. I am lost right now. This is bad. <laughs> I, I, you know, I got to this place, a community uh, center that was supposed to be where it was. And they had a sign that said vaccine and it pointed down the road so i kept going but now i'm nowhere near this place anymore and i think i think it was supposed to be in there but the sign meant to like go left once you went inside oh you better I'm, like, trying to around. time for yeah, the Yui. this is bad man and I'm <laughs> i hope they still hook me up I mean, what time is your appointment bad. at the bottom of the hour right okay. now 2 30 oh, yeah, right. all right well yeah. let me yeah let me let's uh, i misjudged well, the time well, you, we got a couple more minutes because I got to turn around somehow. All right, here so we go. Maybe back. Well, I'd yeah. be remiss to uh, not congratulate you on the Wake Forest double second over the week. So, oh yeah, Valentoris, yeah. and then right, uh, yeah, yeah, and then the uh, and then the the women's am is a is a yeah, Wake Forest. Emilia Miliaccio. Miliaccio. Yeah, Miliaccio. Yeah, yeah. She she had a great run. Um, no doubt. I thought she was going to win. I thought Wake was going to really have a stranglehold on that tournament, having won it two, the first two <laughs> editions of it. But uh, unfortunately, she uh, she had a bad uh, approach shot on 18 in that playoff. But um, yeah, Will Valatoris, huh? How about that guy? Well, wow, how about he, he him? Incredible. Man, he's incredible. Talk, I mean, talk about he's incredible. The, I mean, he, yeah. Sorry, talk about what? Talk about the Slim Reaper, right? The Slim Reaper. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they say he's got a 28-inch waist, but there's no way. I mean, he's like the skinniest dude I've ever seen. And he hits the crap out of the ball. I mean, he was hitting his three-wood up where a lot of guys were hitting driver. Um, An incredible iron player. You know, he had a great putting week. I don't know if he'll always have a great putting week like that. But the consistency that he's shown in the last year or so, first on the Corn Ferry Tour and then in the limited chances he's gotten on the PGA Tour, he's just been – so impressive and he was let's be honest he was the best player on sunday of those leaders i know rom shot the low round but he was mm-hmm. way behind of all the guys who were in those final groups he was the most solid he never had a double bogey or anything he hung in there um he made you know he just consistently was in there while these other guys were were just making messes all over themselves including matsuyama so uh, very strong performance by him. And, you know, he wasn't just happy to be there. He really wanted to win. He really thought he could win. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm very impressed by him. Yeah, he's got a terrific sense of humor, too. So that's that that makes him easier. Yeah, yeah. All right, no let's, doubt, let's, no let's, let's see if we can squeeze in this last segment, segment three. So just before you, because uh, you got to get this shot, dude. You got to get in there. I know, anyway. this is really bad. <laughs> I, I'm... Like you've, I don't you've already driven, you've already driven forty minutes, so you got to get this thing. Yeah, going. this is crazy. Yeah. Um, let's see. So here, just a couple of quick questions. Um, do you use the term golfing, and how do you feel about the term golfing? Um, I don't use it, but I really don't care when other people do. I, I know I, I work with some people who like they're such <laughs> snobs about it. I mean, <laughs> if you want to say if you want to say golfing, I'm fine with that. Um, and 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 you know, a lot of people say golfing their ball or right. golfing his ball, or, uh-huh. and that's kind of a phrase. And then you would say he's a golfing – some people say he's a golfing legend, and no one really blinks my it's, – it's, so I don't mind it. I don't use it, but I don't mind it. All right. All right. Um, let's see. 
how about uh, major picks coming down the rest of the, the rest of the way here? So um, PJ Championship next month, the Kiowa Rory run there. Um, do you like that track? I kind of like that track for Bryson. Um, um yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pick Rory after what we just well, were talking about. <laughs> I don't think he's going to do a Kiowa double here. No, I don't yeah, think that's yeah, in the yeah. cards. Um, you know. I guess I guess I could see Bryson mixing. I mean, he's, he'll he'll get back. I guess of all the majors, that would probably be the best fit for him. Yeah. Okay. I like Bryson. You talked me into it. All right, Tory. <laughs> we're going to Tory for the U.S. Open. This is now. This is my super dark horse. This is my Finau track. Is Tory? Okay. Okay. I'm feeling. I'm feeling oh, that I, he's going to contend very closely at Tory. This is his big. This is his big chance. Well, he'll probably contend because he always contends. But uh, sure. winning was another story. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, I, I feel like that. I mean, I'm, it's going to be tough for me to go against my boy Xander Shoffley. I mean, sure. he's the hometown kid. Maybe that's too much pressure for him to live up to. But uh, I don't know. I, I just he just throws himself right back in there every time. So I'm, I'm probably going to pick him. Okay. So then the last time the Open Championship was at Royal St. George, George's. Uh, Darren Clark won. So talk about your. Oh, so maybe this is the yeah. maybe this is the outlier track. Do we have like a super dark horse? Like this is like a Tyrrell Hatton kind of a. <laughs> is he a dark horse? Yeah, yeah, you know, no, I, yeah, that's a good question. And I, I, his name actually flashed into my head when you said that. Um, yeah, you know, it's one of those courses you can hit it right down the middle and end up in the rough. It, it the craziest bounces happen at Royal St George's. So yeah, I think that is why maybe you do get. A dark horse there. Um, uh, Tyrrell Hatton, maybe. <laughs> I just want to see him break. I just want to see him break stuff. <laughs> I just want to see yeah, him. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I would love to see Tyrrell Hatton at the Open Championship contending on Sunday and just watching his jaw like get tighter and tighter, like until his teeth like actually broke. Yeah, he is. He is pretty feisty, man. No, that would, no doubt about that it. Would be, that would be. That would be. That would be the thing. All right, uh, and I'm going to give you this last one, and then I'm going to let you go. The uh, okay. one okay. one quick golf quiz, which is to okay. say, how many players have won the Low Am and the Championship at the Masters? There are six players who did it before Matsuyama. Can you uh-huh. name? You probably name most of these guys. Oh God, I don't know. Jeez, <laughs> at least there's a, there's two big there's three big ones you should just that, that are sort of cherry picked, right? Jack, Jack, uh-huh. Tiger, Arnie. No, not Arnie. Ar- not no Arnie. Arnie. Not Arnie. No, I knew that. I knew that. Don't count that. Don't count that. Okay, I will count that one. Um, let's see. Yeah, Jack Tiger for sure. That's Sergio. Sergio, yes. Oh, he is. Oh, yeah. okay. My bad. That's, uh, that's good. A good one. Okay. That must have popped into my head for some reason. Right. Uh, man, I'm embarrassed. I should probably know this, right? Uh, this is a good. This is a good one. This is a good. This is a good for for your next uh, um, I, I, golf I, I writer. Thought you were ask me how, yeah, I know. I thought you were going to ask me how many, and I had read that there were six before, so I knew that. Yeah. But uh, this is a good man, golf writer like, bar. This is a good golf writer's bar. Um, uh, son of a, you're killing me here. Uh, hmm, yeah. well, I'm going to give you the one you probably won't get. One's Kerry Middlecoff. Okay. Yeah, Dr. Kerry Middlecoff. Yeah, and then there are two like legendary amateurs who won this, like you know, had legendary amateur careers. So, um, the one year. Uh, oh well, Bobby Jones. No, Bobby well, Jones no, won no, no, Bobby. <laughs> I didn't right. say that. I didn't say okay, that. Okay, that's fine. Uh, legend- 
legendary amateurs. Um, I mean, Ken Venturi choked, didn't he? He didn't. Yeah, win. he didn't win it. Yeah, so that him. I know it's not Hogan. No. Uh, oh no. Uh, Go ahead, guess. Uh, Take, grab that one out of your brain. Give it. Put it on the table. No. Uh, it's All not right. happening, man. My brain scrambled. Right. Give, right. give me a couple. Okay. I'll give you. I'll give you the last two. Phil Mickelson. Okay. Oh, oh come on! How did I? That's embarrassing. <laughs> that's a little embarrassing. And the and that's the next one, Ben Ben Crenshaw. Oh, Crenshaw. Yeah. You know Crenshaw. Here, I'll try to redeem myself a little. All right. Crenshaw won like his first two events on tour. I think he won by like a million shots. He'd. Won, I think he won the NCAA by like a million shots. He's like, he like looked like, he, I mean, he had a great career. Don't get me wrong, but he looked like he was going to be like, you know, Jack Nicholas. Right. Um, it didn't quite pan out. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, and Phil too, you're right. Those are two of the most legendary amateurs of all time. And I, and I bricked it. So, all right. I am here, man. I'm in the parking lot. Let's all right. Get this show. Dude. Thank you so much for your time, Alex. We appreciate you got it. it. I'm glad. I'm glad we were able to keep you company on your drive. Uh, and we'll talk to you again it. soon. Thank you so much. Sounds good, man. Take care. Later. Bye. Man, Alex Myers, love him. Thank you, Alex, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It was that's so much fun to talk to him. Um, I just, I, yeah, I think the world of him. I mean, the fact that he would come onto our show a couple of times and and talk golf, um, yeah, it makes me, it makes me, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like there are good people in the world who are <laughs> who are willing to spend time with like our little podcast. Anyway, um. Well, you know what time of this? Well, you know what part of the show this is. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! <laughs> the resurrection of dad jokes of the week. Woo! Ty's not here, so I don't have the stupidest things ever said. So, and since the dog ate our homework last week, we'll probably have to do those again. I hope not. Jesus. Um, but I'm going to do dad jokes of the week for you because, you know, that's the kind of guy I am. All right. Here we go. First one. Zebras aren't fans of coloring books. They don't like having to stay between the lions. Here. I like this one. I've recently quit my job as a butler. I refuse to be ordered around in that manner. That's M-A-N-O-R. If anyone knows how to fix broken hinges, my door is always open. I'm leaving room for the guffaws. Um... I'm reading a horror book in Braille. Something bad is going to happen. I can just feel it. Don't bother looking up impose in the dictionary. It's next to impossible. And which animal has even more lives than a cat? A frog. It croaks every night. And those are our dad jokes. A little revisit to dad joke land. I hope you enjoyed that. Because, <laughs> you know, I certainly did. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we're gonna do we're gonna do stupidest things ever said this year. Maybe we'll come back to dad jokes next year. All right, overtime. Overtime. I'm I'm like uh, I'm like um, the the guy in Pacific Rim. I like Raleigh in Pacific Rim. I'm, I'm bringing this thing single combat in my uh, in my um, in my mech. You know, so doing this without tie, it's actually kind of difficult really it's nice to have someone to talk to it makes me uh you know i watch a lot of colin cowherd i know people have a lot of pluses and minuses about colin cowherd but the beauty of colin cowherd is he can just talk to himself for 
20 minutes and it doesn't feel like it's hard for him. And uh, I'm finding it very difficult. But the uh, in the overtime, um, I had sort of wandered into the end of Revenge of the Sith uh, last night. And uh, I know this is fact papad territory, but um, but I thought to myself, okay, it's it's a brutal thing that Obi Wan does to Anakin. Like he saws him off, saws off his legs and his arm, and he just leaves him. The guy catches fire. He doesn't even catch it. He doesn't even pull him back from the lava. I mean, he doesn't. He just lets him burn, and then he just leaves him there. I mean, Obi Wan should just at least walk down the hill and like stick a lightsaber through his head and just be done with it. It's like I can't leave you like this. This is awful. Of course, you know you can't tell the story of Darth Vader without having him dismembered and burned alive. And uh, and I thought that's just that's just that's just terrible. But the other thing about that I realized about Revenge of the Sith is that it's pretty close to being good. It's pretty close to being satisfying and and i have a little plot shop here a little a little um good better how uh to try to make this whole thing better first of all george lucas should have simply stuck to his guns and made um jar jar binks the big bad like if he's the over sith and he's pulling the strings on i mean and and he's planted the seeds all along and to make Jar Jar seemed like an idiot and all these kinds of things when he's actually being the one who pulls the strings. Like, so he pulls the strings along and he's going to, and, and everything works out exactly pretty much the way it works out. Big battle between um, um, Jar Jar and Yoda at the end of Sith uh, along with Palpatine. And they pretty much squash Yoda to the point where we think he's dead Everyone thinks he's dead, right? So they kind of they kind of half-ass the Yoda playing dead thing, where he crawls through the he crawls through the air vent, and then and then um, and then Senator Organa picks him up, and then they escape. What would have been a better deal is that like they crush they crush Yoda. They think he's dead. We all think he's dead. Of course we don't. Of course we know he's not dead because it's a prequel, right? So. Um, Jar Jar Binks turns over. Well, Seth Darth. <laughs> I guess he'd be the Darth Plagueis, right? So he turns it over to Palpatine to run the Empire because he's going to go off. He's going to go back to Naboo and enslave his people because he's really pissed. Okay, so he gets into a ship and he takes off. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna enslave the Gungans and he's gonna take over Naboo because that's what he really wants to do. And then he's gonna train more Sith. So he leaves the empire to, uh, to Palpatine. So that's how the whole thing ends. We ends, 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 ends. And then uh, at the end of the movie, um, we see Jar Jar telling Palpatine his deal and then flies off. Okay. End of movie. Cutscene. <laughs> Cause cutscene would work so awesome here. So Jar Jar Binks is asleep at his uh, on his spaceship and it lands and he wakes up and he walks out and he finds himself on a swamp planet. He finds himself on Dagobah in front of this cave. And in the cave, he can see there's a campfire lit. So Jar Jar Binks walks into that cave and you see a, a shot of the, from the inside of the cave across the fire, looking back up the cave toward Jar Jar he walks down the down the into the cave. He looks at the fire, and from behind him, you see Yoda, and Yoda lights up his lightsaber, and that's how we end Revenge of the Sith. 
it makes it wraps up a lot of different things about the, the force cave on Dagobah. We get a very satisfying ending that the big bad has gotten his due. Um, it makes um, it sort of cops to the fact that Palpatine now is the top dog because he's lost. Uh, he's lost his master. Um, I just had that. I just, <laughs> I think that's just a fantastic ending. Um let me know what you think about that, Eddie, because I'm actually kind of excited about it. It's actually the way I'm going to see the movie in my mind for the rest of my life. So I've got a lot of uh, I've got a lot of alternate Star Wars in my brain. So um, so if anybody ever wants to talk about it, just let me know, because I'll talk about it for hours and hours. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to two on three podcasts where we hope to help you live a more self-examined life. Thanks to Alex Myers for coming on. You can find him at Alex Myers three on Twitter and please follow us on Twitter uh, at two on three pod and hit subscribe on your favorite pod platforms. Throw us a, you know, throw us a rating, throw us a review. We love it. Join us next time for some pop culture, life strategies and existentialism. And until then for 